Living Writers on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm T. Hetzel, and I'm so happy to have Hillary Gustafson here in the studio with me. And Hillary, we were just talking about how this is this is about the, the third time we've had yes. a conversation in yes. the summer about books. And so you're, I feel like you're Living Writers family. Oh, I hope, I hope thank you feel the you. same. I do. I feel so lucky to be here. Thanks for having me, T. Well, you know, come back anytime. <laughs> thank you. Right? Yes. <laughs> you know. Um, well, today Hillary is here um, of Literati Bookstore. Um, Hillary's one of the the founders and co-owners of the store with her husband Mike. Um, and Hillary's brought some books today on the table um, that we're going to be talking about. Hillary, do you mind going through the books that we're going to be talking sure. about later I, in the program? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I brought two nonfiction books and three fiction books. The nonfiction books, um, I chose two books about walking, which I love because walking around in Ann Arbor is one of my favorite things to do. But these books are about many different things. But it's Walking to Listen by Andrew Forstafall, and then The Flaneuse by Lauren Elkin. And then on our fiction side, a lot of books about family, which is why we just had that family song play. <laughs> Thanks for choosing the music for today's <laughs> yeah, program. Um, Chemistry by Wiki Wang and Homegoing by Yagi Yazi. And then coming up next um, month, the book is coming out. It's called Live from Cairo by Ian Bassingwaite. So. Oh, and of, of Michigan. Yes. Uh, he yep. was a UM alumni. Yes. Hopwood. I think winner. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So we're really excited. He's going to be at the store on July 11th to launch the book. And it is really an extraordinary book. And I'm very excited for it. Oh, well, excellent. And we'll hear more about it later in the program. Absolutely. Well, so so let's check in about how how is Literati Bookstore? Because, you know, you've been, you guys opened the doors March 31st, 2013. Yeah. Um, how How's it going? Oh, it's been a whirlwind. I can't believe it's been over four years already, but it's been really wonderful. We've been lucky enough to um, really feel like we are a part of the Ann Arbor community and really welcomed by the locals. And it felt like a nice homecoming for me who, you know, grew up in Ann Arbor. And so it's it's been really wonderful. Well, for, for folks who haven't 
tuned in for the earlier two programs, <laughs> our conver- earlier conversations, Hillary, you you guys, you and Mike moved from Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, yeah. But- we both grew up in Michigan. I grew up here in Ann Arbor and Mike grew up in Lowell, but we were working in New York um, for a number of years. I worked for a publisher called Simon & Schuster and um, Michael was doing freelance um, writing, sports writing mostly. And um, when Borders closed and Shame and Drum had closed the independent bookstore here a couple years before, we were really sad and thought about the prospect of opening a bookstore, um, and that's how it kind of all came about. And coming back, coming back home, really. absolutely, because because Mike's also from Michigan, absolutely, as well, yeah. And um, and you guys used to think about like summer reading by the lakeshore. Is that yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, did you grow up sort of? We grew up here, and I, I mean, like in Ann Arbor has always been sort of this literary town, and I grew up going to bookstores with my family here in town, and um, Michael did too, and spending time up north with books is just a really part of a Michigan experience, right? So, um, and, you know, spending cold winter nights browsing in a cozy bookstore is always wonderful, too. So, yeah, it's 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 been really a special adventure. And year by year, I feel that you've made literati cozier and cozier. If, oh, I mean, thank you. Which would hardly seem possible from the moment <laughs> you opened. It felt like such a place that it felt... It was already part of Ann Arbor. Oh, that's so nice. Um, yeah, I I think I credit uh, our staff so much with making it feel like a wonderful place. Uh, our manager, Jean, you know, has she helped us go around to places like Treasure Mart and get chairs <laughs> and make it feel cozy. And, um, you know, we try to... You know, with our shelf talkers, um, we have little pieces of paper that write our staff writes reviews on for books throughout the store. And that kind of makes you feel like you get to know the staff members and what they like to read and like they could be your friend. And, you know, many people come in, they say, what has Claire read lately? I want to know. <laughs> and that, that it's just a really fun experience to, to be part of a literary family in a way. And I love that you have that as an in-person experience that people have when they come in literati Um, because I was looking of course at your website recently again and and that's also a very welcoming online experience I would say (laughs) Um, and there's like there's staff picks that for books there as well so you kind of can get a sense of like the different characters and personalities that are at the shop and absolutely and the kind of books that people are buying we always you know Michael always posts um, on Instagram our top 10 books each month and people can see what's selling in Ann Arbor and kind of what what people are talking about or reading and that kind of makes you feel connected in a way too so that sort of online sort of um, social media connection but then you also have um, book groups and clubs uh, that you that meet at the at the store itself at the shop and this summer you have a kids summer read program yes yes we're so excited about the kids summer read program so um kids can this just started um last week last friday and so kids can read 10 books they just need to fill it out fill out a form that we give out and bring it into us and they get a 10 dollar gift card and a free ice cream cone from Kilwins. so you can go you know get a new book and then go get an ice cream cone which seems 
quite nice. Wow. <laughs> if that sounds like summer, that's yeah. completely that's like so blissful. Yeah. Um, and so it's not too late to come by the shop and oh, get no. one of these forms. Absolutely. We were doing it until August 15th. So you have plenty of time. Yeah. So 10 books. Yes. 10 books, any 10 books, and they can be read by you or your parents can read them to you. Um, so, you know, there's, it's, it's really great. Wow. That does sound lovely. Yeah. Um, what do, do you have any, um, like kid, kid books, picks? Oh. oh, and what is the age group? Like, would I qualify for the kids? <laughs> we got that question online, which was which amazing. Terrible, right? No, when you're, like, Michael... you're a codger. <laughs> when Michael posted it, a bunch of people commented online about how, oh, is this, we got to start an adult reading program. I would totally do this, and maybe we'll do that next year. That would be really fun, too. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> Basically, if someone looks sort of young, they can have a form, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is that like the idea? Okay. Yeah. So there's no like age you got <laughs> or anything. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. You know, you can drive now, but you can't be in the summer <laughs> you, read you're program. You're not here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I love ice cream. Yeah, that's an right. argument. And are there any books that you think might be especially, because um, you've got a great young person section in the shop for, for like, early readers as well as YA readers. Right, absolutely. Great. So we have a full range of kids' books. And um, we have, you know, our picture books and our board books upstairs for those younger readers that their parents are reading for them and then early readers that help them, you know, kind of learn learn how to read and, and then middle grade and YA. So, yeah, we have a full range of books. Um, and, and, the, and when you walk at the main floor of the shop, the YA section is at the sort of the, the back wall yeah. as you go there. So yeah, people... so we have the YA in the middle grade on our first floor. And then upstairs, we have a coffee shop called Literati Coffee. And the kids section is up there as well. There's a little bay window where you can go and sit and spend time and um, a couple chairs, kid-sized chairs for, for little ones to hang out and read. So. And so, and your events, because your event space seems to now, because when you first opened way back in the day, I suppose yes. we can say that now, right? Can we? Yeah. Um, it would be, you would descend downstairs into it, the indeed. cozy basement. <laughs> and it was, and there was also ambiance of the floorboards creaking and, yeah, you know, right. it was very bookstore. like you were in a ship or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> On an adventure. That's right. Right? Um, but. And, but now you have events that are like uh, on the first floor mm -hmm. um, and also upstairs. Right. We. Um, and beyond, but yeah. And beyond, but yes, uh, in 2014, um, we originally partnered with the Espresso Bar to open a coffee shop, and then recently we um, we took over, Mike and I took over ownership and uh, renamed it Literati Coffee, and um, that's been a really fun process as well, and that space allows us to operate as a cafe during the day, and then at night to have kind of a dedicated space for events or book groups, like you said, um, we have right now... Um, four different book clubs that meet monthly, which is really nice. So. so that would be the Feminist Book Club, the Eco Book Club, the regular Literati Book Club, which which is just fiction, nonfiction every other month, usually new titles. And then um, we have a new poetry book club that's run by Bennett, who is um, really great. So, yeah. That, that's that's our newest edition. And can folks, um, if they're interested, they can find out more information on your website. Yeah, but absolutely. can you just become part of the club? Or yeah, you can just show work? up. It's really easy. Um, we give fifteen percent off for whatever the book club picks are for that month, um, and um, you 
you can just show up. We have an RSVP that you can use on our website or if you are part of our newsletter, um, which you can sign up for on our website as well. Otherwise, yeah, you can just show up and join the conversation, which is really fun. And, and what's it like when you're there? Because Hillary, are you... Are you the leader for some of them, or or I, maybe I, leader is I don't even know what the right facilitator guide. or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's mostly just a facilitator, and I just feel like I'm part of the conversation. That's usually flows easily. Um, and I run the Literati Book Club, which is great. We just met last night and discussed homegoing, which I've brought today. So yeah, oh, great. It's, it's, it? yeah, and it was wonderful. We have usually between twenty and twenty-five people that come, and it's a mix of regulars and newcomers, which is really wonderful. Too. Oh, so that's lovely because it gives a sense of it's a community. Absolutely, but also you don't have to feel like you'll be the only new person if you decide exactly. to start going. Exactly. Which is great. Yeah. That's yeah. a hard balance to achieve, actually. I feel like um, it's it's almost, I can't almost imagine not having literati in Ann Arbor. Oh, thank it's, you. It's part of the community. Yeah. Um, well, I think that was our goal. And I think it's taken many years to kind of find our footing. And we have. And I think just this, all the support from the customers who do show up for a book club and participate and make others feel welcome makes it a, an easy task. So that's really nice. And tonight, tonight you have an event because we were mentioning events too. Yeah. That um, this is the the exit interview with Lawrence Goldstein um, and Cody Walker. Yeah, it's 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 going to be really great. And Bennett, who runs the poetry book club, suggested this. Um, he had um, Lawrence Goldstein as a professor and really wanted to, since he's retiring, talk about you know his literary career and kind of his legacy and um, just really make an interesting conversation out of it. So it was so, really good. And so Cody Walker, also a professor at UM, exactly. will be facili- like asking. In conversation, exactly. And so questions are, and yeah, <laughs> and that that's always kind of the best. Those are my favorite events when you get multiple writers in a space together, throwing around ideas and talking about the process and careers. It's it can be a really fun experience. And is this the first? Because it's it's billed as the exit interview, which yes. I think is really great. Because as you said, Lawrence Goldstein ha- has retired. Yeah. Um, so are, do you foresee more? <laughs> I mean, I don't know as the retirement yeah. happen or other types of or things finish or yeah. I think I think Bennett um, has had came up with this kind of idea and is looking to kind of make a series of it. So this is a first of of hopefully many and we'll see how it goes. So I'm I'm really excited. And are there other series within within the the events? Like are there Yeah, we I mean we have a regular we have a fiction at literati and then poetry at literati. And so different um writers fall into those categories. Those are the two things that we sell the most of and that people are reading. So we really like to kind of focus on kind of new voices in those genres. And do and then also, of course, as people are coming through town, if they have a nonfiction book, absolutely. Or, no, we do um, a lot of nonfiction too, um, and a lot of them topics are are varied, and we do a lot of partnership with the university and different departments to kind of promote those authors, like the Humanities Institute and um, and you know Middle Eastern Studies or African American Studies. So it's that's been really fun too. It sounds like you are so adept at partnerships which is all about community as well, Um, just like with the ice cream. Right. (laughs) As you mentioned earlier, because it was kill ones, right? Kill ones, yes, yeah. And um, we try to be really plugged into community and to promote other local businesses, locally owned businesses, and also to partner with, um, you know, 
voices within the community, either at the university or locally. So that's that's the goal. Well, I'm so glad you're here today on the program and in town. Hillary Gustafson here from Literati Bookstore. I'm T. Hetzel. We've got the Liz behind the glass. We'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I'm glad you did. Hillary Gustafson is here today um, on the program. Hillary is the founder and owner of Literati Bookstore, along with Michael Gustafson as well. Um, Hillary, it's so good to have you here at the yeah, station thanks today. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for walking over from the store well, sorry. To, <laughs> to talk today. Um, so and and. Any, yeah, what, yeah. What? walking walking <laughs> is a favorite pastime of mine, and I brought two books on walking. Um, the first one is called Walking to Listen by Aaron Forstafall, or sorry, Andrew Forstafall. And um, it's a book, it's it's a wonderful book. It is about a young man. It's his his story about how after graduating college and getting fired from his first job, he felt kind of floundering and he had an idea to walk across the country and to um, talk to people he met in every place that he went. And this is his memoir of that time um, walking across the country. I mean, he did not spend any money on any lodging. So he spoke mostly with people and would ask for a free room or a free meal or um, would kind of was kind of bumming around the country. Did and he have a tent too, or or was he? Um, he did have a tent, um, but he didn't always use it. Um, and <clears throat> it's he got so many offers for help from people. I mean, he really had to trust people and get to know them in every place that he went. And um, the people that took him in also had to trust him. It was kind of this this give and take, and it was an interesting look at many different perspectives, which I think. And he went on this. He, he said he's walking to listen and he carried a sign that said walking to listen. And so the whole point wasn't it wasn't about him. It was about learning about other people. Um, and so that was what he aimed to do. And the stories that he has are just really wonderful. It seems really especially heartening at this time. Yeah, um, there are many. I mean, there are some sad encounters, too. I mean, he says at one point, history is not some dead fable. It is, in fact, a living thing that exists among us, which, 
you know, there are some historical hurts in many of the people in the country and it's it's something that shows up in what he talks about. Um, and I think it's especially true in the South and the people he meets in Alabama. Um, it's just, it's a really interesting, it's an interesting part of the book. And what, when did he, what are, what was the, did it take a year? What was the time, like oh, what year was he um, walking? And It was in 2013. So it was uh, a little while ago. I don't know exactly how long it took, um, many months, um, maybe about a year um, but I don't, I don't, he doesn't focus too much on the time period, but he does spend as much time as he needs to in each, each place, but likes to keep moving. And he started in Philadelphia and then went down the coast. He, um, oh, there's a nice map as a, you open in the interior of the book. Yeah. And so he starts there and he went down South and then, you know, walked through Louisiana and Texas and then all the way up to California. Um, and, uh, it's, I mean, it was really interesting, and I really liked, too, that he spoke about how he's a white man, and that allowed him the safety and privilege to be able to do something like this. Um, he talks about how something like this for a woman or a person of color would be sort of not possible, um, and he talks about how that kind of affected how he thought about the walk as well. And and did he have the sign, walking to listen, um right away or yeah, was that, that a was, was that part of the original because it seems like it was a plan it like, sort this of was a plan like a, he talks about that he felt very it was a project but he and he was like a very optimistic recent college grad you know and kind of had this idea of how it was going to go and you can see how that changes and alters as he goes along and encounters many people along the way um and I think he was really scared, very scared in the beginning. And I think I was surprised and he was surprised too. You as a reader are surprised that the kindness of people throughout the country is outweighs any kind of bad, um, which is really something we need right so now, hopeful. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I think if you're listening to the the news at, at any time, obviously not just in the last year or so, but it feels like there's just so many stories that are out there that make yeah. you feel like you almost can't, like you, it's, it feels like people becoming more isolated. So this right. seems so, so the walking to listen, how did, how did you find it, Hillary? How did you oh, find this book? And is it out this year? Is it a new It new is book? new. It okay. came out this spring. And um, I was really lucky to be on a panel called Indies Introduce, which independent bookstores are part of a panel that chooses um, 10 books each season that they think um, really kind of reflect the independent bookselling um, world. And this was one that was part of the reading for that panel and ended up getting chosen um, by the panel. But I... So you and you were a, you were an advocate. For I it. was an advocate <laughs> for it. And so was pretty much everybody on the panel, which was really great. Um, and it's Indies what? Introduce. Indies Introduce. And okay. it's something put together by the American Booksellers Association. Um, and it's a rotating panel of booksellers each season. So you get many different voices who get to you know, be part of the process and bring different voices. And they have to be debut authors who've never written something. So it's all new voices, which is really great. Oh, that is. Yeah. And it feels like part of the, would you say that's part of the mission of Literati Bookstore and indie independent bookstores? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, places like... Amazon or Barnes & Noble often feel the need to sell what's selling, to sell what's big, and 
authors that already have kind of these established careers. Um, but independent bookstores, are, I think our mission is to say these are new voices. These are interesting voices. These are voices that haven't been heard, people that need to be heard and to, to kind of have that happen, whether it be a debut author or a small press or, or something like that. Um, a person from whose translated work hasn't been in the U.S. before, something like that. Um, that That is our mission. And so as part of this panel, then, are you also tasked with going out and finding the books to bring to the greater group when you all meet and talk about? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, they they solicit all of the publishers that they can, big and small, to send new new works. And yeah, and people are keeping their eye out for these. But a lot of these, you know, we were choosing the books last spring and summer. So it was like a full year before the books had come out. So it was a lot of reading early manuscripts, which was really fun. And something that you're you're not a stranger to, Hillary, from your past work when you were living in New York. That's right. Yeah. At Simon & Schuster, I was a sales rep for independent bookstores. So we had to read books, many books, many manuscripts, and find ones that we thought were appropriate for independent bookstores, which kind of helped with what I do now in many ways. So that's Walking to Listen. Yes. by Walking to Listen by Andrew Forstafall. Okay. And who, who published that one? Um, this is published by Bloomsbury. And then the, the other book on walking that I have, which I'm really excited to share with you guys, is Flanous by Lauren Elkin, um, subtitled Women Walk the City in Paris, New York, Tokyo, Venice, and London. And it's kind of this, um, it's a book that explores women walking in cities, um, the cities listed just there, and how walking was at times subversive, letting women claim urban centers as their own. Um, she uses literature, art, history, and film to kind of explore this theme and kind of this, the book is part memoir, part cultural critique, part gender studies, part literature and literary travel log. Yeah, travel log. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's really great fun and really smart, and it can act as armchair travel for those of us who are just traveling within Michigan this summer, like I am myself. So, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> and me too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I'm so excited that this was one of the, the books you chose to bring today, Hillary, because I'd heard about it, um, I think maybe in the, from The New Yorker or so. Yeah. Um, and the idea of being a flaneur is, is so, um, so attractive. It feels, just the word itself feels so evocative of right. like this experience of wonder. And I don't know, I guess now I think of it with movement as well. Um, so it's, it's women, though. So is, the, um, is Lauren... Elkin is is she then talking to to multiple women or is she interviewing people who Right. She looks she looks through the the lens of being a flaneur but taking it and making it a flaneuse and what that means um for women. I mean and she brings in lots of history, you know, talking about Virginia Woolf who who called she, you know, she what did she say? She said determined, resourceful, individual, you know, liberating possibilities of a good walk which is so great. And um, she yes. calls it street haunting, which is so lovely. And, you know, but then also brings in Holly Golightly, who's in Breakfast and Tiffany's and her walking of the city and um, Patty Smith and, you know, just like a number of different women in all those different cities. Martha Gellhorn. Um, I mean, many different so, artists. So maybe researching some of the paths that women have when they've 
like the traces they've left if exactly. they're now gone and but about their time for example in Paris right and then she would walk these exactly. walks and research it and talk about and and how that experience how the experience of these women of the past how that influences you know women today and how that's changed sort of historically um even one of our, I am not going to Europe anytime soon, but Tara, uh, one of our staff members, just went to Paris and used the book as kind of a guide. She also found Lauren on social media and sent her a message, and they went up at a bar and discussed the book, which was really wonderful. And I had no idea that happened until a couple of days ago. <laughs> so oh, it was great. It's great. Yeah. And probably they were t- exchanging their own walking stories. Exactly. No yes. Two two women just meeting to talk about walking. I love that idea. <laughs> and and so, and, and you walk a lot, Hillary, yeah. right? And yeah. so is it, how do you use walking or what is it? What do you value about it? I I think it's walking is the best way to understand a place and and as and my favorite walking is to do alone and um, walking the cities. I studied abroad when college in Prague and that's how I got to know the city was just walking and getting lost really. Um, And at times that can be as a woman really dangerous. Um, I got mugged at knife point. But on in, one in of my walk, in, in one of my walks, but that didn't stop me from still going out and experiencing the city. I think that I, you know, violence is a part of being a woman in general, and she talks about that in the book as well. But um, it can also be important to claim the streets as your own and to be strong and feel like you own the streets as well. And so it's it's about knowing the place, but knowing the self, having the sense mm-hmm. of self, too, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? How do you use walking? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, practically, I have a, I have a dog, a border oh, collie, yes. so oh. we do quite a bit <laughs> of walking. That's always my excuse for not having a gym membership, because I'd be <laughs> like, I, I can't bring Dash in the gym. <laughs> I can't put him on the elliptical or something. I don't know. But yeah, walking is something where I feel like you can make some of your best ideas yeah. can have a chance to, um, to yeah, to, to open up somehow. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, I think you might have to jot some of them down because some of them can seem so, um, so clear at the time. Um, and if the walk is a long one, <laughs> you have to then be they're lost. <laughs> yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah. But I, I love that how you said earlier, like getting lost is also part of it. Yeah. And maybe it's being because um, that's how you actually discover new things often. Right. right. Um, but maybe it's also about learning to be OK with losing, losing things in ourselves, even if they're. ideas or (laughs) right and I feel like also being uncomfortable with being in unknown places and being sort of disoriented because that can kind of bring about a different kind of creativity as well well you can you definitely see because sometimes if we walk around in places you always know right you don't even you miss the you, you think you're seeing but you're not right you miss the little details and so there's a heightened sense of um just awareness when you get disoriented or lost or go to a new place. And so, and this is in Lauren Elkin's book, these. Yes, indeed. This is kind of the idea that she's trying to capture and with a specifically kind of um, feminist bent, which I love. So it's called The Flu News by Lauren Elkin. Let's take a short break and then we'll be back and talk more today with Hilary Gustafson. I'm T. Hetzel. You've got Living Writers. We'll be back. Search and find, you say, do 
I'm T. Hetzel. Today, Hilary Gustafson is here um, of Literati Bookstore. Um, happy summer solstice, everyone. Uh, yeah. And Hilary, <laughs> thanks for coming to, to talk about your picks for summer reads oh, on you. the solstice. It oh, seems like... Perfect. <laughs> it is. Third of summer. I didn't even think about that today. That's we awesome. <laughs> we don't always get the serendipitous <laughs> thing happening, no. but this is definitely one of the things. Oh, that's so great. thank you for being here. Yeah, thank and, you for having me. And, and bringing these great books too already the ideas that you we've been talking about um oh they just feel like um uplifting yes (laughs) in a way that I feel really grateful for (laughs) yeah I think you know summer summer reading when you think of summer reading is is kind of an enjoyable experience and I think you can have these interesting ideas or deep subject matter but they can be really fun um so that's what I hope to bring today. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming. And, yeah. and, um, and oh, and earlier um, uh, or so, uh, Miley Malloy was yes. at the shop yes. and, and reading from her, her latest novel. Yes, Do Not Become Alarmed, um, which is such a great title because there's much to be alarmed about in that book. And I feel like, um, yeah, she was in conversation with Michael Byers, a professor of the here. show. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, just a really, really great conversation um, and a really great book. Um, and the book when sometimes when you think of summer reads sometimes I think of books that are um like page turners definitely and so this one would qualify absolutely um, in that category it's interesting though because it's set over um the season is holiday like winter time right but the the boat sails south so it definitely feels warm (laughs) where they are um but yeah I could just imagine when you said that you were going to bring a couple of books to talk about family I wondered if that would be one of them oh yeah that I mean that book was is such a great summer read and definitely is all about family dynamics and marriage and children and all kinds of things. Um, so that is definitely one. It's definitely a page turner. There's a lot going on in the book, but it's also really thoughtful. And um, the I interiors think... of characters. Exactly. And... Absolutely. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend that this summer. And later, later um, at the end of summer, we'll actually have a tape conversation with Miley Malloy. So stay tuned for that. Um, but everyone, um, uh, Amanda Yuli and Frank Yuli will be at the helm of Living Writers for the coming summer program. So we're really excited about that. And everyone, let me just tell you, um, you're in store um, for lots of fun. Uh, Amanda's got some great writers coming here for the summer. And um, and so I think 
let's see. Yeah, it's going to be great. So Amanda Yuli will be guest hosting and um, and Frank Yuli will be engineering. And Liz and I are going to be back at the end of summer. Um, and we'll have that tape program for Miley Malloy, too, on deck. But I'm just so I, I actually just have to say I'm so grateful and thankful to Amanda Yuli and Frank Yuli um, for coming in and being at the Home of Living Writers um, for the summer because it's going to be it's going to be grand. OK, so Hillary, let's um, let's go back to the books that we have on the table right now. So yeah. I see you've got one called Chemistry over there with a great looking yellow cover. Right. Right. Eye catching. <laughs> yeah. Eye catching cover. Um, Chemistry by Wiki Wang is one of my favorite reads so far this year. Um, and definitely, we, you know, as you're saying with with Miley Molloy's book, it's it's uh a story about family and relationships and connections, um, but it does have sort of a lightness to it. Um, there is a lot of dry humor, which I absolutely love about this book. It's a story about um, the unnamed narrator is grappling with uh, kind of an ambiguous crossroads in her job and her love life. Um, She's trying to create a career in science and pursuing a PhD in chemistry, hence the title. Um, but she's having kind of mixed results with with all of that, um, and she doesn't really, really, she doesn't really know about her long term boyfriend. So you get kind of this internal dialogue, um, and and also what's important, I think, and what gives this this book depth is that um, she illuminates kind of how she got to the point where she is in her life. Um, talking about her childhood as a second generation Chinese American. Um, so it's it's got a lot going on, but I'd love to read a little bit of the That would beginning. be great. Thank okay. you. And I see you've got a signed copy. There. I do, indeed. So I chose this. We have a, a program called Literati Cultura that is a signed first edition program, and this was our pick for May. And um, so you know, what that is, is you can sign up to receive a book, a signed first edition um, of a new kind of literary fiction book every month that can be shipped to your home. Or if you live in Ann Arbor, you can pick just it up in the store. Stop it is just the price of the book. So you're getting a signed copy. We also give you a free letterpress um, piece that's created specifically for the book by Wolverine Press, um, which is a local letterpress. So it's it's kind of a it's a great gift. It has three, six and 12 month gifts. Um, subscriptions as well if you want to give it yeah as a, as a gift for someone's for your, birthday oh, or right your yeah. favorite bibliophile oh, yes. <laughs> that's right that's awesome um, <laughs> great gift idea <laughs> anyway we chemistry was or for, for me or for yourself everyone oh, out there that is right? true well everyone right get, a lot of that's what most of collection. our members are yeah. are just people who love books and want to be part of the program and read new things um and yeah, it's it's it can just be an ongoing gift to yourself, right? What's the June one? Who's June? The June one is The Answers by Catherine Lacey, um, which is a really fascinating but sort of weird book that I love. Um, it's about a woman who gets kind of pulled into um, a weird dating situation where she is billed as the emotional girlfriend, but there's also an anger girlfriend, and there's a, you know... <laughs> housekeeping girlfriend and it's this weird social science experiment and the writing is just really phenomenal um and the new york times just gave it a rave review so i'm really excited about that one and will she be coming to the store she the is author? not no, no okay. she's not coming to the store but um we do you know ha we had her sign copies and ship them to the store which was really lovely 
Excellent. Well, let's, you know, let's hear some of chemistry, yes. if you don't mind. Yeah, or... absolutely. Back back to the book. Um, all right. So this is from the very beginning. Yes, this is the very beginning, which gives you a kind of a taste for her humor and kind of how she relates her science background to kind of her personal life. The boy asked the girl a question. It is a question of marriage. Ask me again tomorrow, she says. And he says, that's not how this works. Diamond is no longer the hardest mineral known to man. New scientist reports that Lonsidolite is. It is 58% harder than diamond and forms only when meteorites smash themselves into earth. The lab mate says to make a list of pros and cons. Write it all down. Prove it to yourself. She then nods sympathetically and pats me on the arm. The lab mate is a solver of hard problems. Her desk is next to, my, next to mine, but is neater and more result-producing. Big deal, she says of her many, many publications. It doesn't take herself too seriously. Is busy, but not that busy. Talks about things other than chemistry. I found her outlook refreshing, yet strange. If I were that accomplished, I would casually bring up my published papers in conversation. Have you read so-and-so? Because it is quite worth your time. The tables alone are beautiful and well-formatted. I have only one paper out. The tables are, in fact, very beautiful, all clear and double-spaced, line borders, all succinct and informative titles. Somewhere I read that the average number of readers for a scientific paper is 0. 0.6. <laughs> so it gives you a kind of idea of where it starts. It starts with her long-term boyfriend asking her to marry him, and she says she's not sure and you know and her she's trying to figure it out she's you can also tell she's kind of ambiguous about her her role in a lab and getting her phd in chemistry and um anyway she brings it back with all these facts about at chemistry and science that are really fun and also kind of informative <laughs> oh completely even from the first page like you as you said um what do you think that um because i love the idea of the, the ambiguity in the novel um what do you think that does for it like because it's it's definitely a positive right it's definitely a, a positive and it kind of lets you grapple with some of the things that she's grappling with and kind of help you know she's not sure where she's going to end up and and you kind of don't know where she is either and you kind of get to be a part of that decision making process which is really nice and so much a part of the book is also about her relationship with her chinese american parents and the expectations they have put on her to get her phd in chemistry and when she decides to put it on hold kind of the devastated nature of the, their reaction is heartbreaking for her and how she also deals with their kind of ambiguous state of of admiration for her and and what that means for her as a person. And so and chemistry is just out this spring as well, Hillary? Or Absolutely. Was it just came out in May. And who who published this book? This is by Knopf. Okay. And so what what other book, what's the next book that we have on the table? Because maybe we can start talking about it Absolutely. and then take a little break and sure. come back. Okay. Yeah. As I mentioned, we, we our literati book group met last night and discussed Homegoing by Yag Yazi. She's also going to be in town this fall. I don't know the exact date, but we're kind of working on it. So that'll be really exciting um, in partnership with the university. Um, and it's a first novel um, from this author who's who was born in Ghana and then grew up in Alabama. And it's an interesting story about two half-sisters who were born in Ghana and then separate. And you see how their lives and all of the descendants from them um, 
each chapter is a new generation that have descended from them. And one one sister stays in Ghana and the other one gets traded into slavery into America and kind of the repercussions of all of those decisions down the line. It's it's an amazing, it's kind of an epic, beautiful book. Wow, it sounds completely epic. Um, and what's interesting uh uh, it's, it's not a large book. No, and that's it's it's great. It's it, it's a page turner because you want to see what happens to each family member and how how everything plays out in history. You kind of know what happens in history, but these people survive. You know, they survive, and how do they survive, and how do they make their lives? Um, it's it's just it's really done in an amazing way. Her writing is absorbing and the characters, you care about every single one of the characters. And even though each chapter is a different character, you feel kind of like you know them um, in such short amount of pages. And when was uh, when was Homegoing? When was it out? It was. It came out in hardcover last year, and it just came out in paperback, which is really great. Which makes it easy for traveling and taking with you. And you could read it now, and then when she comes in the fall, knock on wood. Yes. Come, come, go see the event. Absolutely. Hear her talk about you know how the book came about as being from Ghana herself, and kind of and then kept coming to America. Um, I think it'll be a really fascinating. Um, conversation and is this um, because I I don't know this uh, this writer is this a first book or it is, is this a- it is a first book um, and you know she did her undergraduate I think at um, Stanford and then she got her MFA at Iowa's Writer Workshop and then this is her first book yeah and who published this one and this is published by well right now in paperback is Vintage which Vintage. is a you know Random House publication. Yeah, and always has nice ones. Yeah, you know, indeed. Trust vintage. <laughs> um, so home, go- home, home, home going. Home going. Right. Yeah. Home going by Yagiazi. Let's take a short break and then we'll come back to talk more today. Hilary Gustafson from Literati Bookstore. I'm T. Hetzel. We'll be back.
Welcome back. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm glad you did. Happy summer solstice. Um, I'm T. Hetzel, and you've got Living Writers. And today on the program, Hillary Gustafson is here. Um, and we've been talking about Hillary's picks for summer reads um, and the kids' program at Literati Bookstore. Um, that um, if you're a kid, you should stop on by and um, read 10 books. And, uh, and you get a $10 gift certificate to the shop as well as an ice cream from Kill Ones. That's right. Um, so you can't beat that. No, that's right. <laughs> um, and so we have one more book, one more fiction book um, on the table with us. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very excited about this. Um, it's called Live from Cairo by Ian Bassing, Bassingthwaite. Um, and he is a graduate from the U of M MFA program here. And so we're really excited. We're hosting him on July 11th to talk about the book. It's the launch of the book. Um and oh, I can't say enough about how much I love this book. Uh, it doesn't come out until July 11th, so just be patient. <laughs> and we'll have it at the store. But yeah. um, and will the event be at, at Literati Bookstore? It will be it will at be Literati okay. Bookstore at 7 p.m. on July 11th, which is a Tuesday. So, Wonderful. Um, the novel kind of gives us a number of intertwining story storylines set in Cairo during the Egyptian Revolution of 2011. And um, it's primarily centered around an Iraqi refugee living in Cairo who is trying to get to her husband in America. And um, her lawyer has accidentally fallen in love with her, but he's willing to do anything to get her to her husband. So there's that storyline, but he's also, you know, working with Hana, who's an intern at the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, whose own mother was an Iraqi refugee, to kind of make this all happen. Um, and it's told in alternating chapters. You get a glimpse, too, into this kind of ridiculous bureaucracy that happens when resettling refugees. It's almost really – it's really heartbreaking because you're just like, oh. oh, I want this to work. And right. there's all of these refugees that have these crazy, um, you know, stories of survival and um, really struggle to kind of leave the countries where, you know, they're from war-torn or, you know, places that are no longer safe for them to live. Such a timely book to Absolutely. think about every refugee that needs to come to the U.S. that. Right. And, you know, it talks about how there are many worthy refugees, but there's not enough spaces for them to get to another place of safety. Um, And they often get stuck in limbo to whatever country that they were able to escape to. And in this case, it's Egypt and Cairo. Um, And, you know, there are foreigners there that don't really have the status, aren't able to work. And so trying to find a way out you know, is is the central focus of what their their lives are. Um, you know, and it's it is a very serious topic, but it is written really beautifully, and the the characters really shine and are very vibrant and lively and interesting and jump off the page. And what I love too about the book is Cairo itself becomes this kind of character and is so, you know so busy and lively, and you feel like you're on the streets and you can smell. The, the streets and taste the food and really get, get an understanding of what the people are like. Uh, he does a really good job. I think that comes from the fact that he he was in Egypt at one point working as a legal aid uh, advisor to refugees. So it really comes from a place of knowledge, um, the book and the storyline and the narratives throughout. And he was probably hearing many people's stories then. Absolutely. And kind of understanding the the different kind of stories that, that come about from all of these refugees and, and how they escaped their countries and how and where they're trying to go and who they're trying to be with. 
You mentioned alternating chapters. Absolutely. So is it different character perspectives? Or exactly. Or how does that work? Yeah, so you get the perspective of... Um, you know, the lawyer, Charlie, and um, Hannah, the the intern, and kind of her own internal struggle. She wants to help all of these refugees, but she's given a quota, and she only has so many, you know, places to... So it's like, who's more worthy? Jeez. How can yeah. you make that, that kind of distinction? And I think she's grappling with that. And then we as readers grapple with that, too, and gives you the glimpse of this really hard process um, and kind of the ridiculousness of some some protocols about how we deal with refugees. It's it's really a informative and enlightening book. And and sort of the luck or the strangeness about how where each of us just happen to be born on the globe. Exactly. Exactly. Like because it you know it's it's so hard for for Hannah to say no to this Iraqi woman because her own mother was an Iraqi refugee. And so she sees so much of herself in this refugee, but for whatever reason, she doesn't meet the criteria of someone, even though her husband's living in America, of someone that, that should be relocated. Um, and so, you know, you, you feel, you feel that really sense of feeling powerless, but do you get, you get, (sighs) I know, bring it back to the summer read. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding, Hillary. But it's, but you said it's also, so it's, it's knowledgeably written, right? Um, coming from an expertise, a place of understanding, and then right. it's beautiful. You said it's lyrical. It's beautifully written. Beautifully written, and and really easy to read. You really find yourself flipping through the pages because you want to know what's going to happen. You're really rooting for Dahlia to make it to her husband, and kind of their love story anchors the book because it's about her love with her husband, who is in America, and she is here, and they talk on the phone, and they have this kind of crazy story about how they met in Iraq and defied their families to marry. And um, you really get caught up in the romance of that as well. A love story. Exactly. Love story. And so so this this will be launched on July 11th at Literati Bookstore. Exactly. And who published this one? Um, this is being published by Scribner, which is... Um, a imprint at my former place of work at Simon and Schuster, which is kind of a random coincidence, but yeah, it's really wonderful. And so he'll be in conversation with Lillian Lee, who is one of our staff members and a writer yeah. herself yes, and a and, graduate of the MFA program. And, and Lillian's book will be coming out maybe in the winter, I believe, next winter. Exactly. Her yes. debut no- yes. novel. Yes. They're still deciding on a title, I believe, but ah. we're really excited for her. Um, Edge she, of the seat. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she read part of the novel, um, Every every year we have a celebration for the store on March 31st, which is when we open, and we love to have our staff read their work. So she read a chapter from her book, which will be coming out from Henry Holt um, next winter, which will be really great. So stay tuned for Lillian's book. And, and we've just been hearing about Live from Cairo. Yes, Live from Cairo by Ian Bassingwaite. And um, he will be in conversation with Lillian Lee at Literati Bookstore on July 11th, which launches the book. That is going to be that. That should be quite the the party event, <laughs> I would imagine. So let's talk about some other events that that um, you guys have on deck that Literati has in store for us. <laughs> yes, um, and you, oh, and you just hosted Roxanne Gay's visit to Ann Arbor. We did. We and, were so lucky to be able to host her. It was our second time hosting her. The first time was in the store and. It was packed to the brim, and this time we said, no, no, we can't do it in the store. we got to do it off-site. So we held it at Hill Auditorium on campus and had um, 
I think between 800, 800 and 900 people show up, which was really wonderful. And uh, look at the good work you're doing. <laughs> it was, I mean, she, I mean, this isn't, this is all Roxanne. She's just this powerhouse writer, this woman who writes such amazing and important work. And her new memoir, Hunger, is um, a memoir of her body and kind of, you know, the the pain and trauma she's gone through growing up and how she reconciles that as an adult. And um, it's just a really, really powerful memoir. And this follows off of her best-selling book, Bad Feminist, um, which is a collection of essays. And such a great title. Yes, such, such a great, great title. title. Um, and then yeah, who are a couple of what a couple of other events that you're you're excited about? Um, well, we are excited to have Billy Bragg at the Ark. Um, it's it's going to be really great. That'll we, be that'll be a good one. And and stay tuned, folks, for late later in the summer we'll have um, a, a, a living writers episode with Billy Bragg too. Fingers crossed if he can. Uh, that's still to come. Um, but what? Uh, the, he's he's actually going to be um, here on the strength of a book tour. So he's not he's not going to be it's not a like he's not visiting the Ark as like his because he usually comes, it seems. Yeah, once absolutely. A year or so. in place. But yes, he's really excited to promote the book that he's written. It's called Roots, Radicals and Rockers, How Skiffle Changed the World. And so he's going to be reading from the book and talking and doing a Q&A at the Ark, which is such a perfect venue. And he's been to many times. So it's going to be really wonderful. I'm sure for him, it'll be sort of another one of his places around the world that feels like homecoming a little bit to yeah. the arc. or maybe it's presumptuous of me to say that for Billy Bragg having not spoken with him yet <laughs> yeah yeah well who knows but I I hope that he enjoys his time here um, you can buy tickets um, through the arc or on our websites they're $35 and they're bundled with a hardcover copy of the book so um, it's it's we're really looking forward to that event oh that's and so that's one of the that's so another one that's outside the walls of the bookstore but that you're you're um curating exactly and we we do in partnership um you know we like to partner with with different venues and different businesses the The arc is such a wonderful um asset and institution in ann arbor for music and um folk really a champion of folk music and we feel really lucky to have them in town uh well may may literati bookstore also have the 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 storied history (laughs) of the arc you know for the years to come hillary indeed i Uh, hope so that we would be lucky (laughs) and well thanks hillary do you mind saying going through the books one more time just to let folks know the ones that we've talked about today absolutely so we talked about um Homegoing by Yagi Yazi, which is the story of um, two sisters separated and kind of what happens along their descending lines. Chemistry by Wiki Wang and The Flaneuse by Lauren Elkin and Walking to Listen by Andrew Forstafall. Thanks so much, Hillary, for being here oh, today. Thank you for having um, me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, the, today on the program, Hillary Gustafson was here from Literati Bookstore. Um, and stay tuned, everyone, for the summer to come with guest host Amanda Yuli and uh, with Frank Yuli Engineering. Um, their upcoming shows are going to be tons of fun, um, and I, I bet they're going to be brilliant. I know I'm looking forward to them. So have a lovely summer. Happy summer solstice from from me and also from the Liz. (laughs) And Hillary, can it be from you too? Absolutely. (laughs) Happy summer solstice. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm T. Hetzel. Um, See you in the fall.
El tiempo de la media hora norteña aquí en WCBN Ann Arbor. Para mí, 